Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This is Computer Talk with Tab, hosted by Eric Semmel of Tab Computer Systems. Interact with Eric and his guest by phone at 522-WTIC or 1-800-966-WTIC. Email them in the studio at gethelpattabinc.com or get help anytime at computertalkwithtab.com. Now, here's Eric. And good morning. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I'm Eric. And I'm Bob. And Bob is Bob Shorey. He's one of the MCSEs that comes in and helps me out with your computer comments, questions, and concerns. And uh, we've got one line open for you, and we'll do our best to help you out with those issues. And uh, let's get right to your calls. You're nice enough to join us on this Saturday morning. We want to go right to Steve in Old Saybrook first. Morning, Steve. Hello. Hey. You got some Blackboard issues you've dealt with? Um, yeah, I can, I can uh, I think, shine a little light on some of the questions here. Good. Um, I'm an adjunct professor. I've been uh, teaching using Blackboard for a number of years. And one thing uh, we've found over the years is that Blackboard will function somewhat differently depending upon which browser you're using Mm -hmm. to access it. Yeah, this person was using Chrome. Okay, so the the university that that I work for has a standard configuration. At the beginning of the semester, Mm -hmm. it's recommended uh, that all students review that and make sure they're using that configuration. Yep. Uh, in this case, it uses Internet Explorer. If you access using Chrome or Firefox, some functions don't look the same way, don't work the same way, and so it's possible. I mean, I've had over the years, uh, I'd say every semester, there are a few students who say they submit work, but I never get it. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know if it has to do with with the browser they're using or not, but mm-hmm. uh, it has happened on occasion. Yeah. But but generally it's the give and take between me and the student that I get back to them. I say, hey, you never submitted this work. Right. And, um, and also within Blackboard, at least the system we're using, um, from within Blackboard, you can send an email to the university system. So it's pretty easy to do. And, right. and usually if I don't, get any response from a student through the messaging in Blackboard, I'll send them an email through the university so that I'm sure they're at least getting, you know, uh, they're getting... The communication. The communication from me. Right. And then it's up to them to respond. Of course. Very conscientious. That's what I would expect. And in this poor case, four different courses. That never occurred. Kind of hard to believe that... I agree. ...professors wouldn't at least reach out and say... Hey, you haven't done anything all semester. What's what's up? Yeah, they say they reached out within Blackboard. And, of course, if that is the problem where he's logging in and not actually having his courses register, that he's doing the work, there must be a disconnect between the account he's using or some sort of corruption in that account versus, again, assuming the student's doing the work. We're just going to go with that as the assumption. I, I, I could be all wet. Maybe he's lying to everybody, but I don't think so. I, I know this person. Um the the you would think the university's professors would have emailed like you do to say hey buddy where are you what's going on you gave us thousands of dollars the funny thing too Steve it didn't cost the university anything to have him not participate 
right? So, but they're going to take his money and make him buy it again, um, even though they had this issue. So that's another kind of distasteful aspect of this problem in that it, he did, did the work, didn't get credit for it, paid for it, didn't cost the university anything because it's a, it's a cloud-based scenario. Why would they not let him just retake Pure it? Pure profit for, for the university. Yeah, why wouldn't they not just let him take it again? Because it didn't no skin off their nose. That's a whole other issue. But it just yeah. seems a little dis- distasteful there too. But thank you for chiming in. I appreciate it, Steve. Okay, no problem. Take All right. care. Yep, take care. So there's a conscientious professor who would reach out in a secondary way when the Actually doing doesn't. his job, going above and beyond. I as love far it. As far as I'm concerned. That's nice. So we, we appreciate it. And if you've had yourself as a student have had other issues like this, feel free to get online. 1-800-966-WTIC-522-WTIC. Did the cloud eat your homework? So it, let this be a lesson to you about the cloud. You almost have to do it twice. You have to do it in, do your work in Word, submit it to the cloud, back up your work in Word off your computer to some other spot in the cloud just to protect this data so that if the, if the cloud loses it, you can then prove to them you What about did it. backing it up on your own local computer? That too. Or... Back it up locally as well in case the secondary backup to the cloud fails on you. I mean, it's, it's, it's getting ridiculous as far as what we have to do. Uh, in the old days, we would just type out the paper, you know, what is it, double lines, uh, double spaced, and uh, <laughs> print it out in our old dot matrix printers and tear off the little, the little holes on the side of the paper. It was funny in my class because I graduated in 92 – um, I had a 286.12 turbo computer. and uh, That was, was expensive back oh, then. Me and my brother paid some serious paper route money to buy that. And uh, I had a Panasonic printer that, you know, all my friends would come over. I went to UConn. I commuted. And I would come to sit in my bedroom and print out our work. That sucker would be just making noise. Yeah. Ah, the good old days. Let's go on. When you could actually hand him a physical piece of paper and say, here's my report. Let's go on to uh, Danny in Glastonbury. Hey, what's up, Danny? Hey, guys. Uh, I'm going to get my new Samsung tablet fired up this week. Yeah. And I heard um, somebody, um, as a matter of fact, it was that guy, Leo Laporte, in the afternoons, the tech guy. And somebody said something about uh, to extend your battery life on your tablet to not let it discharge more than uh, 60% before you charge it. Mm. Whatever. Uh, the batteries these days are, are not ones that uh, have a memory, so that, yeah. shouldn't be a, uh, that shouldn't be an issue. You shouldn't right. have I to know do they that. don't have a memory, but he said, as opposed to letting them run down, because I, I usually let mine go down to 15%. Yeah, sometimes I do too. I've never had an issue with my battery. Yeah. yeah. And when I first charged that up, is there any, any special procedure for the, the initial charge other than just... Letting it max out? No, max it out. Call it a day. You, should, okay. you, you don't have to do anything special. Who? Uh, yeah. Uh, these days, batteries are, are much more smart than the old days. You should All right. have any You know that Chinese thing that landed on the moon? Yeah. Did you know that they have uh, plant life and live uh, uh, animals on that? Not anymore. What do you mean not anymore? They landed on the moon. Well, no, they're still alive. What they did well, was they have silkworms. Yeah. They have potato sprouts. They have mustard seed and some kind of type of a water crust and some water, so they actually created like a little biosphere. Yeah, they they ship the terrarium to the to the moon. Yeah. Well, how long is that? They're gonna they're gonna maintain the uh, atmosphere with the intention of an experiment to see if it will self sustain and generate because especially the potato part because 
potatoes uh, just like out, out of the movie Martian. Yeah, they didn't do so well when they were exposed to the atmosphere. Well, but if they're not exposed to the atmosphere. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Oh, you so mean lack of atmosphere. Is, yeah. you know, they, they could have taken it. They took the chance that if that thing would have crashed and broke open, yeah. those organisms could have contaminated the moon. I don't think so. They would just have all died and turned to dust. Well, then why do we worry about sterilizing stuff when we send it to the moon? I don't know. I'm not from NASA. What do I know? I'm, okay. a, I'm a computer geek. What the heck do I know? But I would I would contend that if you're throwing it up to an atmosphere-less place, that's what, what's the temperature of space? Uh, minus 235. Yeah, I got a feeling there's not a whole lot of organisms we got to no, worry about. Some do. There are, there are actually organisms on the outside of the space station. Ooh. Have you been watching Venom or something? Been watching what? Venom. From no, Mar- from the Marvel, yeah, it's pretty good. They bring some space aliens coming across a comet, and uh, again, I'm not a NASA expert. I'm sh- I guess you could have an well, organism that lives either, in but I the pay minus. Attention to it a little more than regular folk. Yeah, we can't even figure out how to make sure our cruise ships don't get neurovirus. How do you think we? Oh man, <laughs> I mean, Talk you think about they wiped? Mess on that thing. You think they wiped down the space station properly? Yeah. Come on. I like how enthusiastically the crew are cleaning it, too. I mean, the guy's got a rag in his hand. He's just walking along the rail. I was on that cruise ship literally two weeks ago. Oh, is that where you went? <laughs> yeah. How was that thing? It looks phenomenal. It's a monster. On it's, I can't believe it floats. Yeah. It, it shouldn't float. I mean, it's 220,000 tons. Yeah. It is a monster on the sea. The thing it's, that gets me is the, is the aspect ratio on the height to the above the water line. Oh, yeah. It's it's five, it burns like five thousand gallons of the most nasty noxious fuel an hour to get you from point A to point B. So it's if you're if you're an environmentalist, in the middle though, right? What? I mean, basically, it's sort of hollow in the middle. I mean, the cabins yeah. and stuff don't go all the way across from side to side, so that reduces some of the weight for the center, high center of gravity. It's a beautiful effect, but you sh- if you if you find environmentalists standing on a cruise ship. They're not environmentalists. Right. <laughs> There's nothing envir- nothing environmentalist about a cruise ship, but uh, it is an amazing an amazing uh, engineering feat that a thing floats. All right, thanks a lot. All right, Danny. But uh, yeah, viruses in space. There's the Chinese stuck a terrarium on the on the moon. I'm not worried about it. Are you, Bob? Well, when we have people that go up to the moon to uh, you know inhabit it, yeah, and Mars, right? They got to come up with their own environmental spheres, if you will, right? So they got to create oxygen. So I was been reading about it. <clears throat> yep. And part of the thing is to create some dome. Yeah. Actually, on Mars, they're going to go under underneath the surface of the planet. Sure, they saw and, the movie. And uh, they're going to do uh, what's that called? Uh, uh, subterranean mm-hmm. uh, caverns. They're sure. going to create, mm-hmm. and they're actually going to produce oxygen out of the water because there's a lot of water on Mars, but Neat. it's all under the surface. Sounds like a plan. As soon as the um, solar winds moves the uh, dust off of the ice that's underneath the surface, mm-hmm. then it evaporates very quickly. Interesting. Well, don't count me in. I'm not taking that ship. We're going to take <laughs> a quick a break. Yeah. A trip. <laughs> I'll leave it to the more brave than I. I'm gonna, we're going to take a quick break here. Three lines open for you, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. If you've used the Blackboard software for your college, if you're a student and you lost your work, how did the university deal with it? Uh, did you have to prove it somehow that you were logged in? We have got a friend uh, that's dealing with this now. Four Fs, thanks to the Blackboard system, telling him he didn't do the work, even though he did do the work. And nobody reached out to him to say, hey, buddy, I don't see any work here. We'll be right back. And we are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. Everything we've talked about so far has been posted 
live by Mike G. He posts it live for us over at computertalkwithtab.com, the name of the show.com, which also works. If you go to Facebook and follow us on Facebook still, <laughs> and uh, Mark Zuckerberg deems the news worthy, it might get into your news feed if you follow us at Tab Computer Systems. And then, of course, if you use Twitter and uh, follow us on Twitter at Tab Computer Systems, it'll get into your news feed there. I always find it funny, Bob, that Twitter emails you that there's things on Twitter to look at. Hey, 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 buddy, there's some updates on Twitter. Here's your email well, for you to little, look at it. They send little pop-ups on your smartphone, too. Yeah, Facebook does it now, too, where they notify you via Facebook that somebody updated something in your email. How much more junk do we need coming at us in our email about stuff for services that you're supposed to not need your email for? Well, I get notices, and I'm not even signed up. <laughs> I don't even have an account. That's a whole other problem. Somebody else does, Bob. Let's go on to uh, Don in Lebanon. Hey, Don, what's up? Hey, good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Oh, my pleasure. Sure. You want to pick up the phone, Don? I can't hear you. Oh, you can't hear me. Can no. you hear me better now? If you pick up the receiver, it'd probably be better. Yeah. How about this? That's better. Now we hear you. Ah, uh, okay. Okay. I'm having some trouble creating a DVD. Um, I, I have a uh, I have a DVD with family videos on it, and it's got uh, it's got some files there: BUP, IFO, and VOB. And those are sets for each one of the videos. I think that's probably standard format or whatever. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, I want to make a copy of it. What I've done, my pro- what I've been doing is this: I, I put that DVD in my in my PC, and I copy all the files over to a folder. Mm-hmm. Um, I put then I put a put a DVD a, a blank DVD in the in the uh, <clears throat> DVD uh, player. Yeah, in the burner. And, yeah, the burner, and um, and I. It, it comes up asking me how do I want to create the DVD, and I say as a CD slash DVD, so I can use it on uh, on a DVD player with TV. Yeah. So it goes through the process and it creates the DVD, and then I take it up and I put it in my uh, in my DVD player, and it always comes up with an incompatible DVD right. message. Yeah. And I've done that repeatedly. So well, what, what am I doing wrong? It's writing it in a format that your computer understands, but your DVD player does not understand. Have you ever produced DVDs on your own without copying them and played them on your DVD player in your home? Um, Is this the first time no. you're trying this? It's it's really the first time I'm trying. Okay. So this is a common issue. Um, yeah. If I could mention also that my son works extensively with uh, with the DVDs and he copies all the time. Yeah. And he's he's having the same problem on his computer. So it's not the computer's fault. It's the okay. DVD reader you're using. So you may have to update the firmware on your home DVD player. Believe it or not, because it doesn't know whatever you've produced. You may also want to consider a different DVD burner. So I think Nero is Nero still out there? Well, I think that the the uh, the files that he's writing yeah. is in a format that the DVD player doesn't know about because he's got a newer fo- uh, yeah, yeah. format. So if he updates the firmware, though, on his home player, if there's it, an update, it might read them. It might, yes. Yeah. Uh, that happens even when you put a new Blu-ray in your in your Blu-ray player. Sometimes the the, the DVD player says, hey, wait a minute, i got to update. I can't read this format. So it goes out, you do an update. And it's kind of, I do a lot of home movies, too, for my family yeah. every time we go to yeah. the, uh, our vacation. Yeah. And uh, sometimes their DVD players can't understand what I produced. So you, it, it may not be um, 
the computer's fault. It might be your your readers, your player's fault in your your home DVD. How old's that DVD player you're trying to play it off of, Don? Well, it's actually uh, yeah, it's actually a, a complete sound system. Yeah. And um, I think I might have purchased it around 2012. Okay, so it's getting up there. Yeah, it doesn't understand it. That format probably wasn't even around in 2012. Yeah. That you're using. Have you tried... Um, well, you want to look maybe at a different burning software to see if you can get lucky. You can also look at different DVDs, which also... Different quality DVDs have different uh, results. Or you might try uh, burning it in a, uh, burning the file or, re- or let's say... Copying the, or transforming the files to a different format. Mm-hmm. See, the, like for instance, you you said you were using a VOB, for instance, and v, if you I, I googled it, I'd find out when VOB was around. You know when it was created. Right, if it was created after 2012, your current DVD player may not understand it. So you may need to use an old older format, like convert it from VOB to something else. Well, let me comment about this. The, the, DB, the original disc that I have is was cre- was given to me by a family member. It was created some time ago, and it works. And it, yeah, and it, it's got the it, the VOB files on it. Okay. I can read. I can read this disc in that in that sound system in the player. So the problem might be then what you're doing to actually copy. So when you're you're thinking I'm going to format the DVD and then just copy paste the files, that may not be what you need to do. What you need to do is get a tool, a DVD. A replication tool that'll actually take the DVD as an image and plop it as an image on a new piece of media. Just copying files is not necessarily enough. So instead of doing that, that's what you're doing, right, Don? You're copying the files, right? Yes, I am. I'm copying the files into my PC and, and then, then back I'm, out. That, yeah, and then back out. Yeah, no. So you need a tool that's going to actually image the DVD. So it'll read, it'll read it, and it'll produce an image, and then it'll say, "Okay, Don, I've got this image now. Pop in your blank media, so I can reproduce this image on the piece of media." That probably okay. will work. Yeah. So you're saying a, so- a piece of software? Yeah, and, and Nero comes to mind if they still have it out there. Um, we need some DVD copying utility, and you may want to just uh-huh. do some searches out there, but do some research on which is, you know, a good one to use before you just download it. Um, but that's most likely your problem. You just can't copy and paste it. You got to produce a an image, so the so the system understands what the heck you're doing. It doesn't. Just, the system's not going to just read a file necessarily. I see. I see. That, does, that, does that make that, sense? That, yeah, it does make it does make sense. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, I, I guess I'll go shopping for uh, some kind of a DVD replication. Copy. Exactly. Yeah, DVD replication software. That's what you need. All right. All right, and get good media, too. Make sure you're getting good discs, because sometimes the cheaper discs are junk. Yeah, well, let me ask you this question along disc. I mean, I've got a few different discs here. Um, The disc that I'm using is a DVD-R. Yep. And um, I have both a DVD-R and I have a DVD-plus-R. I don't know if that matters. Not really. The the key okay. is again on the duplication when you finalize the session and call it an, you know, call it a image. Um, you yeah. close the session. I think it's really coming down to that. But my my point is, if it has a problem writing to that DVD plus R, you might have to find better better quality discs. But we'll and see. I'm how it using comes. yeah. I'm using. Um, I'm trying Memorex disc. Yeah. And HP HP disc. Okay. So go then just change the software. See if you can image it, and that'll probably solve your issue. Okay. Very good. All right, Thank Don. you for your help. Oh, you're welcome, sir. All right. Yeah. Bye-bye. Have a good day. Bye-bye. You too. All right. Let's go on to uh, 
Well, do we have any time here? All right, I'm going to go to Keith in Manchester. Hey, Keith, what's up? Hey, man, really quick. Yeah. First time calling, never talked to you guys before, so um, Xbox One. Yeah. I have a headset. Yeah. How do you connect it to the Microsoft Xbox? Any idea? Do you have a, when you say you have a headset, is it just a random headset? No, it's a, um, it's a hyperlink headset that I bought, and it was for Christmas for my kids. Yep. And I know on some of the Xboxes you need a module, but I don't know where on the settings you would see to see if you need a module or not with wireless controllers, if that makes sense. Yeah. So it's wireless? So it's Bluetooth? Yeah. Is it? It's, well, it's connected to your controller. Yes. Because on my PlayStation, the same one works, but the one for the PlayStation has a battery built in. Yeah. So I know to charge that one. This one does it. This one, this headset doesn't have a battery built in? No, it doesn't. So I'm thinking I need some type of device. Yeah. Any hmm. idea what? Well, you got to plug it into that wireless uh, controller, I think. What's the Correct. model? What's the model of that headset? Uh, yeah, I'm not at home and I don't know. Oh. A brand new one out this year. They did like the best one. All right. It was like 50-something dollars for Hey, I hear you. So, Keith, hang on. We're going to hold you over through the break. I'll do some. I'll do some research. See if I can give you an answer. Thank you, sir. Yeah, hang on. This is Computer Talk with Tab. We're going to be here until eleven o'clock. Feel free to stick around. Doctor Alessi will be in with healthy rounds. We'll be right back. And we are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. We're going to be here at eleven o'clock, and we've been talking about the cloud eating your homework. You know. What happens? What happens when you can't prove you did the work even though you were on the platform? Everyone saw you on the platform. Everyone saw you doing the work. But the cloud says, no, no great for you. Blackboard software, local community college, a friend of our son is dealing with the fact that he's got four Fs thanks to the fact that the Blackboard system didn't register his work. And nobody from the college said, hey, I, I see you logged in in September, but you never did again even though he was logged in somewhere on Blackboard, they never reached out to him in any other method other than through Blackboard, it seems. Four different professors. And you know what? They're so cold and hard, mm. they want him to pay twice. Yeah, exactly. Even though they didn't serve him with anything. Yeah, and he didn't step foot on the campus, so no. it didn't cost him a dime. No. Obviously, the professors didn't interact with him. No. So they didn't pay them for anything. No. Sad. So if you've had issues with Blackboard as a student, I've heard a few professors call in and kind of explain the system, explain some of the issues they had. Of course, they commented that the student does have some responsibility into checking his grades and stuff like that. I'm not going to argue that at all. Um, but if you're a student and you've had to deal with a similar issue where you you didn't get credit, you thought you, you sent your stuff in and you, it, it didn't get there, what did you do? How did you fix it? How did you deal with it? Um, all these colleges talk about caring about the students. I mean, I've got three boys. We've been to three you know, college, uh, more than three, but we've been to tons of these, these colleges trying to sell us on using their services because they're a business. You know, they're trying to recruit you and part your, take the money out of your hand to educate your, your kid. Well, and they talk about how many student services there are to serve the kids. It's a lot of baloney. Well, but they say, we care about your students. Tuition. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, feel free to get online if you've had any issues like that. 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. I mean, they still give you a good edu good education. I'm not getting. Don't get me wrong. Um, I, I think the cost for the education versus the value 
is a whole different dis- uh, discussion because it's gone up a thousand percent since I went to school. And I'll tell you right now, you're not making a thousand percent more money after you get your degree. And the value of that degree, sadly, is you know not worth a thousand percent increase. Uh, period, guys. You you know it. And that's a whole subsidy issue we've talked about before, but we won't go there. Um, but feel free to get online, 800-966-WTIC-522-WTIC. Bob, you want to bring up some news as a way for calls. Okay. Yeah, call in. we got four lines open yeah. for you. So anyway, uh, AT&T is cutting off all location data sharing ties in March. I've heard that, yeah. Okay. Uh, after senators called the practice an invasion of privacy, the mobile carrier is ending the service. We talked about this uh, a yes, couple months ago, I think. Uh, AT&T says it will no longer sell your location data to aggregation services. Mm-hmm. Lawmakers called on the FCC to investigate breach of privacy after Motherboard, which is a uh, tech blog, a tech, tech news. blog, right, yeah. reported that uh, mobile carriers like T-Mobile, Sprint, and AT&T provided phone location data to third-party trackers. Right. Carriers offered location data for legitimate services, such as fraud prevention and emergency roadside assistance. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the information was frequently abused by data buyers to track people. Right. They try to anonymize it, but they would be like, you know, they would you would have your basic demographic information sent over to these these marketing firms, and these cell co- co- companies are not reimbursing you. For your data, they're just taking the money and running. Well, that's why when you walk down the street in uh, New York City and you're walking by a Starbucks, all of a sudden a Starbucks (laughs) pop-up. On your phone. Or McDonald's or whatever. Yeah. So anyway, AT&T will eliminate any remaining services in March. Right. Last year, we stopped most location aggregation services while maintaining some that protect our customers, such as roadside assistance assistance and fraud mm-hmm. prevention and AT&T mm-hmm. spokesman said in a statement. Yeah, there can be value there. If you're if you're making a purchase and they kind of know where you are, you, discovers like, okay, I see you're actually here at this location and you're making a purchase. It does seem to add up. That'd be a neat if actual If you broke function. down on the side of the road, yeah, you that know, makes sense. That, that, that Obviously, makes sense. and if you're doing any kind of GPS related uh travel through your navigation, they need to know your location, but hopefully hopefully uh Waze isn't selling your data. I mean, again, it's free, so you're the commodity, but the, so they probably are selling your data. <laughs> so the AT&T spokesman said, yeah. in light of recent reports about misuse of location services, mm-hmm. we have decided to eliminate all location aggregation services, yeah. even those with clear consumer benefits. Yeah, well, they make enough money on the service as it is. Right. So your phone is essentially a tracker in your pocket, providing mm-hmm. pinpoint accuracy on your whereabouts anywhere you take the device. Right. And carriers have been selling your phone numbers, geolocation data, to a number of uh, industries, often for advertising purposes. And the problem here, guys, is so you've got the carriers, right? The carriers themselves. You've got the phone manufacturers themselves. You've got the apps themselves. So this is just one layer that use that location data, right? The phone offers a location data, but all those layers. So now this one phone carrier, the cell carrier, AT&T, is saying we're not going to share it. But it doesn't mean if you bring up your tip and split app – where you, you you come up and figure out how much the check is for all your buddies, it knows where your location is, and it could sell that information, right? So all these individual apps can do the exact same thing. So right. this is just one minor step in a huge problem in that everybody knows where you're located, and they're all selling that information. So that's what it says here. But while you can choose to uninstall apps from tech giants like Google and Facebook, which also track you, yeah. relatively few consumers can delete their phone service. Well, it's kind of, and yeah, that's where it's being shared, yeah. 
So so anyway, these guys are going to get rid of it. There's right. more. There's like so much more. They'll just sell it in a different way. But good for them. They're, they're trying. It's, it's the first nice thing we can sell, well, say about a cell carrier. It, in a long it time. creates an, another revenue stream. That's right. what they're looking for. Of course, because you're paying them right. for the service, but right. that's not enough. It's not enough. They want to know they who you are. More. They want more. Let's go on to your calls. We're going to go to Don in Bristol next. Hey, Don, what's up? Hi, Eric. Hey, um, I heard you talk before about uh, you own a TiVo. I do. A couple uh, TiVos. Now, do you own? Do you, do you do that in relation to cable, or do you do to an antenna? I do it in relation to cable. Okay. But you can use an antenna on the newer ones. Right. Uh, it, do, you, uh, do you pay a monthly fee or do you, no. go, do you go to the more expensive ones? I just pay it outright once. Okay. I've always done that. I hate the monthly fees. Um, I, know, I mean, if you have the device, it's for the lifetime of the device. So if the device fails, you're out of luck. But if the device lasts you, you know, a few years, you, you'll make your money back. So you have no problems with it? No, I like my TiVo. Uh, I don't pay any monthly fees for it, and eventually, I'm cutting the cable and just going to a. You know, I'm I'm really looking strongly at YouTube TV, um, okay. and uh, looking at maybe that because you can select your channels. Uh, there's Sling. Um, where we're getting ready to cut cut uh, Cox is ridiculous. I mean, what they charge for TV is insane. Yeah, I, yeah. I cut my TV down. <laughs> yeah, my wife keeps telling me, "Come on, come on, let's." Go. I'm almost there. Okay. I hate spending the money on it. It's like a car payment. Yeah, I was up, up in the air on this TiVo, whether I should buy one or not. It works great for me. We've always had great luck with TiVos. Uh, there was, I think if you've heard my horror story a couple of years ago with the latest TiVo, they, it has four uh, tuners in it, and they couldn't get the tuners to work properly. And what a fiasco working with their tech support. Uh, so if it works perfectly out of the box, you're good. If you have to deal with their tech support, good luck. Okay. Thank you. All right, Dan. Uh, I have one other question. I, you had a fellow call in about... Uh, an SSD drive that he was trying to clone. Yeah, it's trying to clone. Yep. Yeah, uh, I had a, I had a good re- thing with. Uh, I put one on in my laptop. Mm-hmm. It was a, a Samsung. Yeah. And the Samsung software wouldn't work with my laptop. Oh. So I found this other one called Mini Tool. Okay. And uh, if if he's still listening, if he goes on YouTube, mm-hmm. he can see how to use that. Awesome. Yeah, and that's another free tool. Yep. Sounds it's good. Free, yes. Sounds good. Well, I'm sure he heard you, and we'll put a link. Okay. All right, Don. That's all. Bye. 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 So yeah, TiVo. I love TiVo. TiVo was the the first, you know, DVR on the planet, man. Let's go on to uh, Mitch in Manchester. Hey, Mitch. Hey guys, thanks for, the, for taking the call. Sure. Uh, incidentally, I also have a TiVo and I love it. Yeah. Um, my mom's all-in-one desktop machine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I recently upgraded it to Windows 10 with a re- with a or my own retail copy. Um, anyhow, just actually, this just happened yesterday. I'm trying to do a back, full backup on it with a Cronus 2019, mm-hmm. and I'm getting hung up on a um, bad sector error. Okay. And the only thing I've done so far is there's some kind of a disk checker that was actually within Windows 10 that I tried, and I got a clean bill, bill of health on it. So I'm wondering if you could tell me where to proceed. Well, I'm trying to see if maybe well, a Cronus is the more... When you ran the disk checker, did you run it from a command prompt? No, I did not. I ran it from something within Windows within Windows 10. So what you really want to do is you want to open up a command prompt okay. using uh, the run as administrator. Okay. Otherwise, it won't do any good. Then you t- type in the check disk command, which is chkdsk space okay. forward slash r for space repair. Forward slash r. Okay. All right. Now, if it 
So there's a little caveat we have to yeah. add here in okay. that it could repair something and cause worse trouble. All right. So if you're having trouble with the Acronis tool, before you – this is your mother or mother-in-law? Mother. Okay, cool. So so forgive you. Yeah. Um, you want to copy the data that is important to her. Just, just use a manual copy of any important data because when you run that repair, your machine may not boot. Depends on what it does, right? Okay. So be careful with that and make sure you copy the data. So it's a simple copy and paste to some external media. That way you don't have to say, hey, yeah. Mom, I blew up your machine. <laughs> yeah, I got most of her stuff already anyhow. So. All right. Uh, does it sound like it is something with the hard hard disk to you? Do you well, yeah, the Acronis seems to detect something that is a bad sector. It could be a false positive from Acronis. If yeah. Bob's tool, when you run that when you run that tool, doesn't find anything wrong, then Acronis is an error. Well, the other thing, too... Um, if it's a uh, real disk cloning uh, software yeah. like Clonezilla, it will copy over the bad sector right along with it. Yeah. So you okay. get the whole yeah, okay, thing. Okay, good. I was wondering about that because I was going to try to clone it before doing yeah. anything with you get it. The pimp- right. You get the pimples and everything when you copy yeah. it over. All right. <laughs> All right, guys. I appreciate your time. You got it, Mitch. All right. Thank you, buddy. Bye-bye. All right. We're going to step out for a quick break. Get back to more of your calls. We've got three lines open. This is Computer Talk with Tab. We'll be right back. And we are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. We're going to be here at 11 o'clock. And then Dr. Alessi will be in with Healthy Rounds. He'll give you a second opinion on your health advice. So stick around for that. Let's go to your calls. Jonathan in East Windsor is up next. Hey, Jonathan. Hey, good morning. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Um, hopefully an easy one for you guys. I'm just wondering, do you have any suggestions or recommendations for something that I can use for password management? Um, you know, just because I'm having a really hard time with all the different passwords, trying to keep track of them and keep them safe. Yeah, good, good, great question. We did put a link last week up there for all the password management systems that are out there that have leaked your data. Okay. Uh, so my best advice is to not use them. Okay. Um, write your passwords down on a nice piece of paper and put it in a folder um, okay. in your home and lock it away. That's a way to do it. Another yeah. way to do it that I've found smart folks are using is to use phrases having to do with whatever you're doing as a password, mixing in some of the characters that you would, you know, turn an S into a five or turn a, you know, turn an E into a three. Um, so for example, if you're using LinkedIn, you can say, I'm not going to get a job here if I tried exclamation point or whatever. And if you, if you use phrases yeah. having to do with the, the actual uh, site and then modify some of the, the actual characters, it'll be very difficult to Realize, and if you use that same system over and over again, changing up again based on the site you're going to, using some sort of memory way to to handle what phrase you're using, because you can use the same phrase as long as you modify what the phrase has to do with the site you're on. That could be a massively long password that no one's going to crack, and you've used that approach to every password. Do not use the same password on every site. I was talking to an executive, a very, very smart guy, who was actually purposely changing all his passwords and all of his sites to the same password yeah. to, to keep it simple for him. I had to explain to him, that's a really, 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 really bad idea. Once they have one, they got them all. Yeah, and he right. didn't, he didn't yeah. think it through. He said, oh, I don't care if they act as me. I'm like, what? The moment they get your email password, they're going to watch your email and any transaction you do, like a mortgage or what have you, you're in big trouble. So okay. try, I, I, you can try password management out there. We've got a link from last week's show talking about the, the top ones that are out there, but they have had issues with security themselves. Or just think about a way you can have a phrase mm-hmm. 
and then apply it to each site differently based on the site. That might work. What do you got, Bob? Do you have a thought, too? I use a Rolodex. Well, yes, that's right. <clears throat> and then there are people who use a note, notepad. Notepad, yeah. But, right. you know, if you carry the notepad, you could lose it. But right. I just keep my Rolodex at home. If it's right. important and I don't remember wherever I am, I only do my business from home. So Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. And, you know, I guess I, I feel a little bit better because I right now I do have things written down. And I was like, well, <laughs> maybe this isn't the smartest thing to do, but I guess... Yeah, who's coming to your house and looking at your passwords? Right. right. I mean, you saw, did you see the movie Ready Player One? I did not. Oh, well. The, guy, the dingling wrote his password right on his, on his uh, console, and he left it there for everyone to see, and that's how he got burned. Okay. Um, in your case, you're going to write it down and lock it away in a safe place, and you want to make your email password. The, that has got to be the most complicated, just nasty, long thing mm-hmm. um, that you've got. Nothing simple, because that's really where everything starts is in your email. All right. Okay. And then enable two-factor if you can for anything that's important for you. So a password along with some sort of text back to you is okay. also yeah, a good thing. Okay, I'm doing that too for a lot of things. Okay, perfect. All right, Jonathan. Thanks for your help. You're welcome. Good luck. All right, take care. Yep, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, someday there'll be a password manager that we can all trust, I guess. But these guys get – they have well, their issues. Know, the thing is, all this is software. Yeah. It's written by people. Yeah. And people aren't perfect. Yeah. No matter how perfect we may think we are. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, we have our issues. Let's go to uh, Bob in Nagadak. What's going on, Bob? Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. I was uh, calling in to uh, ask what I should look for in a laptop. What are you going to use it for? Uh, well, it's going to be for my wife. And right. She's going to be like doing some presentations, maybe 15, 20 minutes, maybe showing a video on a projector using PowerPoint. Okay, so she'll be going to different locations and trying to present, so you need something kind of light and portable for her? Yeah, it would be, uh, yeah, she'd be in another location. Okay. Um, if it's for business, I mean, I'd tell her to look at the HP Elite X2 line of computers. Um, uh, it's actually personal. It's like a study club. But, uh, oh, well, then you don't want to spend that kind of money. Um Oh, well, that much. <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe an HP ProBook line of systems. I'm always only going to recommend professional lines of systems because that's really what we recommend for, for our business clients. If you want, again, a home style, we've recommended the Envy line of HP systems. Um, we actually have a link to them from last week's show that you could look at. The Envy, I mean, I, I recommend it for my kids for their college homework and mm-hmm. stuff like that, and that's worked out pretty well. And they're, they're like 800 bucks. Oh, okay. um, and they're mm-hmm. bigger. They're going to be a little bigger footprint, you know, like maybe a 17-inch. Um, so if you're not lugging around too much, then it's not a big deal. If you've got yeah. older eyes, bigger is better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that would be me. <laughs> yeah. So those are the three flavors of HP that we recommend all the time. Now, somebody's told her that these Chromebooks are really good, but I'm a little concerned about that. It's just browser-based. So you can, if you can do everything she wants to do with just a browser, that's fine, browser and apps. But if you really want to use the computer for something like more, um, applications mm-hmm. like Word, Excel, or, or computer applications, then you should get one that runs Windows 10. Okay, yeah, so, she probably is going to do a PowerPoint. Then you, So you can run Chromebook with a app-based PowerPoint. Um, so you could get around that nowadays if you really want to do a Chromebook. But I think you lose the amount of options if you just go to a Chromebook-style um, device. I would always recommend more of a Windows device right now. Mm-hmm. But you know our love-hate relationship with Windows, so with Microsoft. So <laughs> I do it with duress. 
<laughs> okay, great. I'll All look right. into those. All right, Bob. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Have You're a welcome. good day. Good luck. You too. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. So, uh, all right, we got a question here from Jose in Hartford. Hey, Jose. Hey, hi, how are you guys? Good, how are you? Uh, thank you for the show. Um, like a couple of weeks ago, you guys had, uh, I believe it was John Ryan, mm-hmm. the photographer. Yeah. Um, do you guys have like a link for his uh, website or something like that? He has a Facebook page. He really doesn't have a website. Um, I think it's John John Ryan Photography, if I'm not wrong. It's a Facebook page. If you go back to some of our archive links, I bet you we have it in there. Um, for you, but he just has a Facebook page. It's a personal Facebook okay, page. Okay, sure. uh, so archive link. Hmm? In your, in your archive it link. It should be in our archive watch. links, yeah. Okay, great. Perfect. Thank all you, guys. All right, Jose. Awesome show. Yep, thank you. I want to thank all you guys for joining us on this Saturday morning. I want to thank Mike for posting everything live over at computertalkwithtab.com. It's the name of the show.com, which also works. If you do follow us on Facebook at Tab Computer Systems, uh, it, our links should get into your news feed eventually if Zuckerberg deems them worthy. And, yes, you can follow us on the old Twitter uh, at Tab Computer Sys. Thank you, Matt, for producing. Dr. Lessie's up next. See you next week. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. 